0: The following week, DiBiase came to the ring dressed in his tuxedo, and he challenged Duggan to the contest to determine who the best-dressed man in Mid-South is. Both Duggan and Mid-South agreed to have the contest, and so it was held two weeks later in Shreveport. Duggan won the contest overwhelmingly by audience response. DiBiase, however, was displeased with the results and demanded an electronically monitored rematch of the contest. Again, Mid-South and Duggan agreed, largely because the fans demanded it, and so it was held. Once again, Duggan was the winner by a landslide. DiBiase, in a fit of rage, ran to the vice president of Mid-South, Joel Watts, to lodge a complaint. That monitor's still on in there. Well, are you what, cameraman? Get a close up the Duggan. Are you watching? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you watching me? I dropped Steven. you in the parking lot before. You're in there gloating like a big shot. Well, gloat over this, Duggan. I'm taking out your car. Wait a minute. Oh. It's... Duggan has been entreated by the authorities to press charges against DiBiase. But Hacksaw wants to get his revenge in the ring. There's going to be an all out brawl with the wildest set of stipulations in history in the Superdome this Saturday night. My
1: daughter should be awake. Pearly should be awake by then or before then, really. Uh, but really, the the main thing is <clears throat> that Emily gets to sleep. So I, I took the day off today, uh, on a whim. And you hear that familiar sound. Hell yeah! Of the of the of the beer cracking. Um. Yeah. So I've got Jack here. Um, welcome to Wrestling is Gross. We'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Welcome to Wrestling is Gross. Episode
2: eleven, I believe, is the Jesus. Yes. Eleven episodes. How about that? Hell of a thing! Hell of a thing! Um, my name is Siobhan, and I'm Bucky. We hey. got fucking first time we've done that order. So yeah, hell yeah! No, something. Uh, you know,
1: I I have a tendency to just start talking, and then I realize, oh yeah. You you talk too. You you you. you t- I talk then you talk and we t- we do we do a thing. This is a thing, and then I'm like, oh yeah, oh god, I also haven't said my name and it's been five minutes and we're s- fucking let's start this whole thing over.
2: God, we <laughs> fucking <laughs> forgot the names on the first fucking episode. Yeah, the first episode. Ah, yep. oh, Jesus. We we anyway. should sort have of
1: relabeled that episode zero. Um, but we also have a guest here, first time guest, uh, kind of. My son uh, Jack is sitting on my knee while I bounce him up and down. Uh he's probably not going to have a ton of input. He only watched uh the last two matches. He slept through the first two. So we'll see if he has any thoughts on uh on Greg Valentine's ass. Um, cuz Lord knows I do. Um but
2: yeah, what's the th- what's the deal today? What are we doing? What? 80s cage matches, specifically, not specifically, intentionally, it just happened to be, I think, that's all from, like, a fucking 14, 14 month span of time. Is it that is, small? I wasn't yeah, sure.
1: I, I didn't really look too closely at the dates. I know it was, like, all 84, 85, mostly.
2: Yeah, he, maybe it's, like, two years at most, because okay. the NBA match is 84, there. yeah, so it's two years. Okay. Uh, what gives a shit? It's cage mash is fucking cool. the A- A- 80s. Yeah. As Willa cool.
1: Monsoon calls it, the most dangerous type of matchup. Um, yeah, I, I think the idea, we did the dog collar show, or the, why well, I say that, we did the tethered episode one, uh, which is going to be an ongoing series. Of course, that's about matches where two guys, or two or more guys, uh, or gals, or, you know, whatever, are just tied together by the neck, or the wrist, or whatever. It's a loose concept uh cages a similar loose concept it doesn't have to necessarily we can do that weird shark cage match uh, if we want to do it Uh, but the plan is to do a a few of these and I don't think the plan necessarily was 80s cage matches um, because in my mind it was just let's pick four cage matches and they just all, like you said, happen to be from, I think it's, I think we could say a 27 month span, I think April, yeah. April 84 to July of 86. Um, so yeah, this is the thing. This is what we're going to do here. And, um uh, uh I, I don't remember who even picked these matches. I think we just kind of like came up with a consensus on a couple of them pretty easily. Um,
2: yeah, it was like, it just seemed like we should just fucking do these matches. Yeah. And, like, some of them are just fucking real obvious. There wasn't a lot of, I think we tried a little more on the tattered episode. This was just like, fuck it, you gotta do that. That one's fucking obligatory, too. Hell yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, shit, yeah, we should do that. Right. And it's like, that's fine, yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: it felt uh, like uh, it felt like a, a thing where the uh, the dog collar and the, like, the, the strap matches and the chain matches, we... There's a lot to work with there, but it's a lot less uh, less obvious stuff, less famous stuff. Um, I would say we struck a nice balance with this one, at least for, like, most audiences would say. Oh, I never even heard of that match, which I'm sure they'll say probably about the AWA match that we're going to cover. Um, but for you and me, like, I was just like, what's that two versus three AWA cage match? Um which by the way i have it down as 85 so this is actually all within about a year and, and change um it's uh it's it was an easy thing for us to figure out what we wanted to do so uh and that's usually how these things go we have a very brief debate on what we're actually going to cover and uh and it doesn't really matter anyways cuz we'll probably hit the same points regardless of what
2: we watch um, um yeah. yeah all right uh we're going to be starting off with Maybe the most 80s cage match of them all, even more so than one we're not doing in Magnum Tully. That's motherfucking March 22nd, 1985, Mid-South, Houston, Jim Duggan, Ted DiBiase. Name the steps. Tuck- tuxedo. <laughs> okay, one. Whole Miner's Glove on a Pole. Two. Loser Leaves Town Three. cage
1: match. Okay. So that's all right. Do you count Coal Miner's Glove on a pole as one step? I guess it is one step. Yeah. Isn't there like a that's a, a big
2: ass pole though? Yeah, uh. it is
1: quite the pole. Um, yeah. This uh, so this is a probably the, this is definitely the most famous match that we're covering on this. Uh, the Stips match. Um, we turn on the file and and so first of all, I love Jim Duggan. I love Ted DiBiase. Uh, Are, yeah, both people from my childhood from you know a lot of people our age and similar age range um grew up watching probably like new generation era WWF but these guys were around even then you know like you look at 93 94 um uh, DiBiase is working mostly as a manager, and Jim Duggan is around as like a TV guy. And then, of course, he went to WCW uh, in '94 and actually had a really nice little run there throughout '94 '95. Uh, Underrated stuff from him. Uh, But yeah, this is this is when the file starts. It I catch the 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 audio says also loser must leave town for thirty days. Also, no time limit. And like they were like halfway through the steps. Uh, like he's just got like, yeah. a massive scroll and he's just just he's like he's been up there for ten minutes the the announcer and he's it's a famous voice do you know who the announcer was no uh, it's okay i uh, it, i recognize the voice somebody tell yeah. Us. somebody yeah.
2: yeah paul bosch jr paul it's Bo- not yeah. paul bosch junior p b j yeah
1: um yeah. Um yeah. he announces, all right, I I do want to say before I forget. He announces um DiBiase as either the big cheese or the big chief. Oh, I'm losing you a little bit. Hang on. Go ahead.
2: Sure. Should... One of the best matches of all time? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Uh did yeah, you hear him yeah. say the big cheese though? Yes, that was fucking weird. That I mean this is the okay, so the Backstory of this is, if you don't know, they uh, dug in DiBiase and motherfucking Matt Bourne. They were the rat The future
1: Doink the Clown, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a real, that's a fucking good stable. Matt Bourne might be the best guy in that stable, frankly. Yeah, Um, Matt Bourne
1: is really good. Um, I think most people have come around to the realization that like 93 Doink is like probably the best worker in the company. Um, but yeah, the, the Rat Pack, right? It was like 82, 83 Mid-South was the, the era?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, um, and then, because Duggan is a face by 84, he has that, he's, he has, he has like, the, uh. Yeah, we're gonna get with, to the Buzz uh,
1: Sawyer feud when we do our next yeah. Dog collar
0: episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, fucking, like, working, uh, big cat-ass Ernie Lad, you know, sure. great shit. But this is like the culmination, this is culmination, and there's a lot, I mean, there's, like, the, the stipulations, If there, there's a lot of context, it's about, like, who the better man is, it's like, DiBiase, the man of all this lineage, you know, Iron Mike, a man who died in the goddamn ring. Uh, Did he like, die in the ring? He died in the ring, he had a heart attack in the ring, yeah. Iron, um, wow, okay, and that's his father? Yeah, Iron Mike DiBiase. Okay. D. okay. Uh, versus Duggan, who's just... Like some fucking guy, some fucking coked out, fucking gorilla looking motherfucker. Yeah. His father was actually a chief of police in uh Glen Falls, New York, which is why his name is pronounced Duggan and not Dugan. And not Dugan, okay. Yes, I figured that out. I saw that yesterday, and I'm like, fucking yeah, finally it makes sense. Where is that, Glen up Falls? Whole...
1: Is that upstate? Or uh, is that...
2: Yeah, yeah, that's like the Adirondacks.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah,
2: that's not, that's not uh, Sam country.
1: Sure, sure, sure. It's an no, interesting place. So. You wouldn't expect him to be from a place like
2: that. Yeah, and when they say New York, especially, that's even weirder because you're like, what if they mean just a city? You yeah, they did say, New say from
1: New York, Jim. Yeah, it's very strange. Jim Duggan is not a New York dude. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a
2: Scottish Presbyterian, like, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know like, where I thought he was from. Uh, he feels almost like locationless. You couldn't possibly uh, pin him to a map without, you know, some serious investigation. But yeah, I, I, was, yeah, I was pretty he, weirded he, out. He by that. he
2: feels like, uh, you know, you know, wherever he has the said location, wherever he da- uh, darn well pleases, or the fuck, you sure, know, like sure. he, it, it's just he's a hitchhiker and motherfucker. Yeah. this guy. Part's anyway, somewhat uh, unknown. Yeah, so, uh, but there's like a lot, you know, about that. But that ultimately, it doesn't matter, you know, what this match is about. It's about this, this match is, firstly, it as, it's amazingly paced. Incredibly fucking paced. Yeah, it's like eight minutes. But,
1: it's beautiful. But it's
2: all, and every, every, it's, there's only really four sections in the match. There's, it's, there's, but the transitions are beautiful. But it's really just Jim Duggan going ape fucking shit. Yes, on Ted DiBiase. Oh, my God, so many fucking beautiful punches. That turnaround – okay, so it opens with (laughs) DiBiase. He's chicken shitting. He doesn't want to get in the cage with this fucking coked-out lunatic. Why would you? But, you know, at the same time, he's Ted DiBiase. They're about the same size. They're both big men. Sure. But so, you know, he's like – so he gets the ref to, you know, pat him down. He goes after Doggin'. Duggan turns around, fucking blasts him in the face of Punch. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. You see it, and you're like, yes. And then- yeah, the ref starts
1: out by checking DiBiase for weapons, which is a bit silly given everything else that's going on here.
2: Yeah, there's um, no TQs or anything in this match. Right.
1: Well, so Duggan also assumes the position, and yeah, DiBiase attacks him. Immediately, Duggan starts firing back. But yeah, Duggan, like, assuming the position is what I wrote down. He's just, like, sticking his butt out and. Telling the ref to check up his, you know,
2: knowing that he's a cop's son. That is okay. dark now. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's dark. Let's be honest. But um, yeah, the but- first big
1: bump of the match is, is like this huge clothesline that he gives him, and the and so tuxedos are weird. I've never worn a tux. Uh, it's like a yeah. it's a pretty odd piece of clothing overall. Uh, Hacksaw is in a powder blue tuxedo
2: from the looks of it. The he's video quality. look. Yeah, he's a prom looking motherfucker. That's right. Uh-huh.
1: But, yeah, when he clotheslines DiBiase, you see the coat, the DiBiase's tuxedo coat just billowing through the air as he takes a big, like, high back bump. And it it's a really cool. There's a lot of cool imagery on just basic bumps here.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's fucking... I mean, DiBiase, what a bumper. A dude. A dude who has no qualms about bouncing off his neck for anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, which we, I mean, we. he spent the majority of his career as the heel, but it's like by wwf time he was i mean he was charismatic as shit but he was pretty broken down he wasn't the bumper he was even a few years before yeah
1: well so yeah DiBiase as a baby face is underrated uh oh sure dick murdoch match is like is that am i thinking of the right thing right dick murdoch from like a few just like six months after this i think um, yes.
2: Yes. No. No. You are.
1: Good. Yeah. Really good. Really good stuff from that that late '85 era of DiBiase D- as a babyface in mid south. Um, but yeah, he gets his fucking ass whipped here, and Duggan Duggan has really great front. Oh, really great punches. Obviously, uh, like lefts and rights, overhands, jabs, crosses. Like he's definitely a guy who knows how to fucking box. He's definitely. Like done, he's definitely done boxing because you don't you don't have such a variety of punches and you don't know how to land them that well without you know at least dabbling a little bit in yeah boxing. It's it's good, it's good, but Yeah. yeah, he uh he he loses control. Uh, DiBiase uh is obviously he's he's a good aggressive heel, but I think more than that, he's mostly known for being like a begging off sort of heel. Um, he drops to his knees, sneaks a grab on the, on the waistband of, of Duggan and, and drives him into the cage. And then you get a lightning fast blade job from Duggan in there. Um, Oh yeah. It's, it, you, I mean, I, I saw him come up. I went back in the file and I saw like where it must've happened, but it's so quick. It's really incredible. These guys definitely, like boys in Mid-South knew where and when to, to show the blade, you know? It's yeah, really something.
2: Yeah, I mean, are you you're gonna fucking be like a piss poor blader with uh, Cowboy Bill there pulling the strings? God though. No. He'll get in the ring
1: so. in the middle of a match and pull out a knife and show you how to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, I've, I've I've seen maybe three Bill Watts matches ever, and they're all from like this era of mid south. So I don't, I don't really know. What he's like in the ring, but I would imagine he's a hard ass, and I probably would not Yes, exactly.
2: Stuff. I can't imagine. Yeah, like I, I would assume he just. I mean, holy shit! Like look, look at, look at the way his son turned out. Uh, yeah. Like Jesus Christ! You think he he well, probably beat the shit out of him, right?
1: Like all the time.
2: Yeah, uh, like well into was... the guy's
1: thirties, probably too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, have you ever have you ever seen the match where teams from Sandig in one of those Florida Feds? No, I've, uh, I've, he's I've got heard the of JNCos. that. I, I yeah, know that hilarious.
1: exists. I know the Eric Watts, uh, zandig tag team has happened, but I've never watched it. But yeah, maybe we get, one day.
2: So, but we get a lot of. I mean, we get some good DiBiase fish drops. We get a nice falling pile driver, and then he goes for he goes to the pole, he goes to get the well, and we get fucking all-time, one of my, just an instantly beautiful bump, fucking, uh, Duggan fucking warps his shit, he fucking blasts him, and he goes, uh, ass over tea kettle, off the top, op robe. it's gorgeous. Yeah, Uh um,
1: leading into that, uh, we get some tuxedo ripping, uh, while Duggan is, is getting the shit kicked out of him. Before the big, the big comeback there, I do want to, uh, make note of, uh, another attempted comeback that happens. Um, Duggan gets, alright, so Duggan's bleeding quite a bit. Uh, the powder blue tux, in addition to just being, like, a fun character quirk for Duggan, is also clearly here because of the way the blood shows on the powder blue. Yes. Uh, really, yeah. really hell of an image, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's not, god damn, they probably could have found a white tux, but that would have looked way too stupid. It's so he much would have funnier. Looked like, yeah, he would have looked like a Coke dealer or something, not like, not a coke over- user. <laughs> Look, yeah, we, we, we like, want
1: people to know that you're you're snorting fucking lines, but we don't want them to come up to you and see if they can, like, get some off of you.
2: Yeah, he's an overgrown child, not a cartel dude. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking, yeah, not not a fucking, you know, uh, hanging out with fucking Giorgio Moroder and shit. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so but- there's a moment there, right after he pulls it over his head, um, DiBiase pulls the dress shirt all the way uh, off of him, except for... It's still hung on to his wrists by the cuffs. Um, yeah. Which is like, you know, the good buttons and a good dress shirt. That shit's not coming unbuttoned unless you... You know, it's not you're not breaking that button off of there unless you really tug on it. And so that acts as a sort of like handcuff as uh, DiBiase just drills him. And his hands are just bound together because of the... They're still in the shirt. And the shirt's just dangling there. But he can't move his arms that far. It's really a weird... Cool image and kind of disturbing. Um, and then he gets uh, a comeback attempt at least. Uh, Deviassi goes up and attempts to get that uh, that coal miner's glove off of the pole, and Duggan comes over and uses that same shirt, which is still connected to his wrists, whips it over the over the head and around the neck of Diviase and just starts choking him with it. Which is yeah, like that's really good contextual um, like improvising with with uh, an element of this match that would not appear in any other match. Um, if you want to talk about using stipulations, using all of the stipulations in, the, in this case, to its like fullest potential, uh, this is a great example of how do you work a tuxedo match? What, what makes a tuxedo match interesting in a way that other stipulations couldn't be? This is not a spot you could do. I mean, you're, you're usually not wrestling in a long sleeve dress shirt in any other circumstance, so there's no other situation where you could do this spot. It's really fucking cool. Um, But yeah, back to that fucking him getting crotched on the top. Um, DiBiase does get crotched on the top and just falls straight back down onto his back and, like, shoulders uh, from the top. That's a a hell of a bump, too, for sure. Um, Yeah, that... That's their final uh, momentum shift, and from there, it's all just Duggan beating some ass.
2: Well, uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, he does that. He does that shimmy up the pole. How beautiful is that move? <laughs> yeah, he, like fucking jumps. Uh, but I mean, DBS gets the glove back. But then, and then Duggan does some. I mean, Duggan is such a fucking great athlete at this point. He does some like amazing like weaving out of the way, and you know, uh, he's like a like, boxer. He, he
1: really is. He, he works yeah, Dvsa.
2: Like DiBiase like doing these punches, like he has him in the corner and he's ducking, and and then he like fucking rams DiBiase's fist into the fucking top uh, turnbuckle. It's so good. It's so, it, yeah, it, that's it, the, it,
1: that's probably my favorite spot in the match. Actually, is uh, when DiBiase gets the glove away from Duggan, and Duggan is yes dodging those those shots with. The, I don't know what a coal miner's glove is. First of all, it's just a
2: big ass fucking. I mean, it's one of those things where, if contextually, like if it, we've seen enough wrestling, it's like we. If you have no familiarity with it, it seems insipid. But it and and just like just like what the fuck is that? Shit? But you're like you see like that's such a gigantic ass glove. I mean, you remember like the Triple H era when he had like he would bring out the glove, but it was like a mechanic's glove or something. I don't. And like, I don't remember that. Oh, that was like a one of his reigns of doom on like 2000. Two defensive 2003 on man. he had a big glove he wasn't a big glove it was just like a regular size it was just a black glove it was like the, the kind of glove sting would wear as weird. the crow. Okay. it was fucking weird it was like you see this glove this is fucking massive <laughs> and it would stiffen out your arm and all that shit okay. it's a fucking yeah it's kick ass yeah and you know and but how does it fucking, help you punch harder it just a it's just big. It just adds it's weight. Just big. to everything. Okay, it's just big. Got it. It's it's big. I mean, it's, <laughs> All right. it's yeah. All right. It's so heavy on the hands.
1: Duggan does shimmy up that pole, uh, looking like a fucking Mario in one of the 3D Mario games when you're climbing up, <laughs> climbing a tree, um, and he uh, he grabs the glove. Uh, DiBiase has now also been covered in blood after a a choice uh, post-shot or perhaps just a a basic throw into the cage, which, of course, it's a cage match in the 80s, will be a recurring theme that we discuss throughout this show. Um, Duggan comes back down, puts the glove on, and DiBiase throws powder in his eyes. Um, First time we've actually seen the powder spot on, on on a match that we've covered uh, for this show, I love a powder spot. How do you feel about powder?
2: Well, I mean, we've done we've talked a lot about powder. we talked a
1: lot about yes, we've talked a lot about about the cocaine. But
2: I I doubt that DiBiase is. Yeah. Like, this was cut with some other shit for sure. <laughs> no, no, this is just. I mean, well, we did have powder shot and it's in Dustin uh, Buckhouse funk. Oh yeah, we did. Okay, sure. Texas dirt. Sure, that was great. though. But at the same time, well, I would
1: like, that, on that. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and and say that match had uh, uh, Tony Schiavone talking about the cowboy boot the hard sole cowboy boot and in this we get a similar thing there's no commentary for this but I filled in the blanks uh DiBiase does some good stomps to the forehead and he's wearing like dress shoes like hard sole dress shoes it's very similar um yeah like footwear that you would normally have in a wrestling match that you're using that just adds extra weight and just a stiff shot uh that wouldn't happen otherwise so that's cool um but yeah, sorry. Uh the, the glove part. Duggan getting the glove back is probably my favorite thing in this match. Um DiBiase goes up and misses uh second rope, gloved fist drop. Um Duggan grabs him by the wrist and just starts slamming his hand into the buckle yes. repeatedly until he can rip it off. And it's it from there we get pretty quickly to our finish.
2: I mean, he's just a fucking gorilla. He really is just a fucking coked-out gorilla, but he's an amazing athlete. Duggan, Duggan is like a peak Duggan. Everybody knows. Everybody should know at this point in time The peak Duggan is not like the cornball jackass or whatever. But even then, I think WWF Duggan is like now underrated. But Yeah, I think, I, mean, I think he
1: had some good matches. If you if you dig into Spectrum shows and, uh, and MSG shows from like 89, you'll find some good Duggan stuff. He was working. He was working. He was always working. He was always, he was always doing coke. And that's what matters. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah, Pete. But you know, Pete Duggan is just a freak. He's so fucking. He's so badass. Yeah. And, Would you I argue mean,
1: that Duggan versus Buzz Sawyer in 84, 85 is like the most coked up feud of all time? Uh,
2: see, Buzz Sawyer versus. I mean, yeah, Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy Rich though. I mean, yeah, but Tommy Rich was
1: doing Xanax too. Like,
2: <laughs> Tommy was Rich mean,
1: wasn't all cocaine. Duggan is all cocaine.
2: Yeah. Duggan, I mean, Duggan is a man who does not need to slow down, who does not want to slow down. He doesn't know he how. Just wants to get there, he just wants to get there faster. <laughs> um, yeah. But here's the thing, you know, yeah, he's just a gorilla. I mean, I keep, I've said that about 15 times, but I mean, how the else do you see, you just, this dude, an orangutan because of his hair color, maybe? Sure. There you go. There, But it doesn't matter. Which one's he the just, one with their ass out?
1: Baboon. We'll talk about we'll talk yeah, about Rick Flair absolutely. later. <laughs> we'll talk about Ric Flair oh, more. God. Later. Oh God! Oh God! It's Greg Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ass in this Flair, episode a Baboon,
2: but and I mean the end is so perfect. It's just one shot. Yeah, and it's and that's the only actual pin attempt in the match. Is that the perfect. only one? Okay. I, you know, yeah, you never need that. You don't need that shit. Yeah, cause Dibiase, he goes for the only time, he goes for the falling pit, uh, pile driver, but he never, he doesn't cap that's the the time. I was
1: wondering if he, if we had a near fall after that. So yeah. Um, yeah. D-B-I-C, after his hand has been broken and glove removed, he runs and screams, tries to climb out of the cage. Duggan grabs him, whips him in, and we get arguably the single greatest knockout punch spot in the history of wrestling. Uh, Duggan with the coal miner's glove on, uh, leaps, basically straight up in the air, about a foot off the ground, and just slams it right in between the eyes of DiBiase, and DiBiase bumps, like, a stuntman who, like, uh, like in, he was, like, in Hard Boiled, and he just got shot in the fucking climactic hospital shootout by Chao Yun-Fat, and that's your finish. Um,
2: just Nothing more needs to be... Yeah, nothing more needs to be done there. It's perfect. It's yeah. fucking perfect. One punch.
1: Yeah, you used every step, uh, and you, you reach your climax with the, the stipulation that was, like... You know, raised up above you, all the other ones, literally. And it yeah,
2: out. and you've you've paid off all of this fucking age, like months and if not years of build. Yeah. years of build. Really Going back to the pack, eh, of you know, Duggan the unrefined, kind of like you know the big child, sort of to you know to DiBiasi's like refined, but it's like the are that, but it's like DiBiasi, he's a liar, he's a cheat. dug yeah. Duggan, he he's, I mean, he's he's you know, he, he does bull, he does some like wild ass bullshit, but he's not lying, he's just, that's just the man he is he's just a hacksaw Jim Duggan, he doesn't give a fuck and he, he also had- would
1: go on to I guess, he he would he would work some All Japan tours throughout the summer um, and then yeah, mostly come back repackaged as a baby babyface uh, not not entirely, I think there's a big angle that turns him, and I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but I know it, it's got a lot of blood involved um, but yeah, uh, this also leads to a, a major shift in uh in in dibiase's character as well so it's a it's a big thing this is a big match for a lot of reasons
2: and it's just the fucking best it's yeah. and it's fucking it's, it's eight, eight minutes. minutes
1: yeah it definitely Ten earns what. its all-timer
2: status all right um what ne- n- next up a yep. match that's moving um, right along yeah n- less well known but fucking kicks a lot of ass as five real i mean five hard ass motherfuckers in this match. Uh, It is a three-on-two handicap match from AWA. Do you have the date off the top of your head? I do. It's April 21st, 1985. Okay. Guess what fucking city we're in. St. Paul. Yeah, where the fuck else would it be? (laughs) They could have run
1: Rosemont or something.
2: Yeah. They were still uh, doing big
1: shows in in Chicago and stuff. But, yeah, if they're going to have their big blow-off multi-man cage thing, then it's going to be St. Paul, right? It's got to be. Yeah.
2: Uh, we get so this is fucking our you know we get, we got our baby faces we got motherfucking <laughs> Crusher Jerry Blackwell five ten five hundred seventy five thousand pounds of the planetary ass motherfucker uh-huh. and Sergeant Slaughter goddamn Sergeant Slaughter what a hard mother love Sergeant Slaughter yeah, okay.
1: versus <laughs> versus uh masked superstar
2: course. Billy D So both of the uh, ac- actual members of Demolition, because we're never going to do a crush match. When the fuck are we going to talk about Brian Adams on this match? Uh, never. Um, I mean, on the show, never. King, King uh, Tonga? Yes, the future Haku wearing pants that are blue, and holy shit, they, this is some... A- this, tech- this camera technology... <laughs> it's you do can't you it? Motherfucking Sheik Adnan Al-Kasai. Is it Is Kasai? Name, it's Kasai. I they say Casey? They say Casey, but I, I, fucking had it, and I don't have it right now. It's, it's Sheik more Adnan
1: it's, Aljun Kasai.
2: Yes, it's hard. Uh, Kasai. I can fucking holy shit! I'm yeah. not, I'm okay. just gonna call him. I'm just gonna call the motherfuckers a oh shit guy. I, God, I Adnan, always just you know, said
1: Adnan shit. was always the, yeah, Adnan. the way I said it. Um, yeah, yeah. So we get we get some. All right, so Jerry Blackwell, Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, f- versus mass superstar King Tonga and Shika and Al uh, something like that. It sounded like uh, Dylan Hale saying Casey, Casey. Um, the the opening bars of "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince play at some point in this weird opening clip. Uh, video quality on this is among the worst of anything we've done on this show.
2: Um, yes, there's a uh, I I mentioned it briefly in my intro, but there's a strobing effect on uh Hakus pants, because yeah. so it's like a polychroma thing. It's fucking
1: weird. It's, it's like third generation dub of a dub of a dub of a dub VHS tape. Like, it's like, it's rough, but it's kind of adds to it, to be honest. The crowd's super into slaughter. Uh, you hear some guy go, yeah, yeah, kick his ass. And uh, Blackwell's announced at 472, is, uh, is what he's announced at. Uh, yeah, about by the, by the I- announcer. And... Uh, you believe I'll it? Let- you believe four seventy two? Because I don't even. What does four hundred seventy two pounds even look like? I guess that, right? I
2: guess, especially when a dude is five ten. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's not. Ouch. Yeah, I've known people fatter than that that were shorter than that, and so I, I. But I never would have. I don't know. At a certain point, I can't guess what somebody weighs.
2: Uh, but they weren't also like super Able to do agile. A kick. Yeah, they weren't also <laughs> freak pro wrestlers who have who are just completely inexplicable human beings.
1: Right,
2: right. Um so anyway, um back uh backstory uh Adnan, he Adam turned on uh, Blackwell. Who, yeah, you Blackwell know, was, was big... like,
1: wearing a headdress and stuff, Or I, Yeah, I, he what, was... A... Whatever the garb is called. I'm not super woke when it comes to the Middle East. I apologize. Uh, I, I, I do... mean, Adam
2: was a dude working a fucking, uh, you know, Native American gimmick in no Hawaii. Sure. Yeah, because it's like... Where's he nobody from? Could... Where's he actually from? He is from Iraq. He okay. He was an old friend of... Saddam Hussein going back to high school. No There's shit. There's this amazing footage of him versus a Scottish dude. I could not remember his name. I thought my head. In Baghdad in the 60s. And this insane. In a Yes! Okay. It's so sick. It's, they had wrestling it is looks in like Baghdad in the 60s? Oh, no, somebody fucking brought... Because he, a, a, he was an Olympic-level wrestler. He was fucking outstanding. And then he became a fucking great pro, but at this point, in it, I mean, he's a million years old. He's still badass. Yeah, he's not as like old as... To so p- get-
1: Pacific Northwest...
2: Um. Yeah. He, he uh, wore, yeah they, a lot of like tour kamada shit he in teamed, Hawaii.
1: He won their world title. World tag, uh, world tag team titles, teaming with G- Chief J Strongbow, uh, working as Billy White Wolf.
2: Yes, uh, that's Native American. Gimmick. What the fuck? Yeah.
1: I had no idea. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs>
2: um. but he's bad. He. I mean, he's old as shit here, but he's such a hard motherfucker. You can tell this. He's is still a- wearing trunks
1: though, right? And he's got a cast. He got a hard cast on his uh, on his right arm, I believe.
2: Yeah, like like he like this is oh he's a manager, but it's also like this is one of the like m- this is not fucking corny or whatever. This sure. is Jim Cornette to 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 be specific, so people don't think I'm ca- capital C corny. It's it's loaded. neither corny nor corny. This is a dude. This is a dude who will fuck you up. Still, it's just if you put him against fucking Blackwell and Slaughter, it's like. He kind of is just like like, yeah. As an old ass man, um. Well, you know, but it doesn't matter.
1: Well, they're also fighting for America. That's a big part of this, apparently. Is, uh, and yeah, I, I see here a picture of uh, Adnan Al Casey and Saddam Hussein from the early seventies. Wow, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, very cool. Um, yeah. So they're fighting for the United States, I guess. I don't really have all the backstory for this. I've watched some. I've watched some like a good deal of footage of i think i've watched probably every match in the dvd VR, uh 80s awa uh box set uh i say box set it's just a stack of discs that wilhelmich sends you because you paypal him a hundred dollars um we've all been there we all know what i'm talking about right um yeah yeah um but yeah this is so i don't know bill Eadie, of course mass superstar Bill Eadie. I think it was Matt D who said that Bill Eadie is one of the smartest ring psychologists in the history of wrestling. Now I haven't seen enough of him to say if that's as insane as it sounds, but he's definitely cool. Um, and then Blackwell's a guy we've gotten to talk about a couple times on this show now and he's a he's a unique guy to watch. There's really no equivalent to to what he is and what he does. Like you could say I think we brought up Ace Romero, right? But like nothing he's doing ace romero is that right yeah the big fat guy yeah the guy who did the pounce and ended up in sports illustrated for it uh, but there's no there's no like really equivalent to him in any era that's like that's got his sort of his his tone um great promo too as we'll find out here in a little bit uh,
2: yeah <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yes uh you know who else i mean like just this illiterate fucking hillbilly like stone mountain georgia yeah, literal. I, I, I believe he literally was from there, but it's like, that's such a, that's that's a hell of a place to be from, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm from Auschwitz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you Yeah, know. for sure. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, but he, he fucking rules in, at yeah. wrestling um Haku is here, and he's young, and holy shit, what a freak athlete he is! Yeah. Uh So
1: yeah, uh, so Blackwell. We're, we're, I, we're, oh, go ahead.
2: We're talking all over this match because it's. I don't know. This match has a lot of form. It's. it's it, okay. So they're in a cage. It's handicapped. It's not tornado. It's like this is a like classic. You you better tag your way the fuck in match. We have a we end up with some yeah good upheld in a cage stuff.
1: match like actual classic tag rules. It's kind of silly in theory, but this is like a long match or not long but longer match with it's got you know heat segments, it's got a long face and peril sequence. Um, You've it's a, got
2: your your quick okay. tags in and out by you know your your like at, at, you know your classic teamwork. You're cutting off the ring style stuff by. Yeah. Uh, superstar and King Tonga. yeah let the uh, let
1: the uh, rules be whatever fits your story best, so if that means having a, a referee enforce tag team rules in in your cage match, then that's fine that's what you gotta do sometimes um, yeah
2: I mean this is this is a w a you come to a w a because you like the mustiness, yeah, and you like rules too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they love rules you love, there. You love dudes holding titles. For seven years. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so Blackwell gets, oh shit, I scrolled so far, my notes an accident. Blackwell gets, uh, busted after he gets sent into the cage, and the commentators are sure to announce that this is the, like, the pole supporting the cage that he hits, not the actual chain link itself. Um, and then Sheik is in and starts using his hard cast to pound and scrape on Blackwell's cut open forehead. And he and one of the announcers at this point said uh, he's hit, he's hitting him right on the bleeded forehead, um, <laughs> which I, I don't know what that is. If you hear my son a little bit, he's getting a little excited because we're talking about uh, fat people bleeding. Um, let me see if I can figure this out. Um, I want to ask you a question: Do you
2: th- do fat people bleed more? Now that's an interesting thing. Um, I would actually say no, because no. of circulation or. Well, I'm taking this from an episode of Moral Laurel that fat <laughs> coagulates. Dinosomatopoulos, hell yeah. Yeah, fat. Now I remember. I remember that. Uh, so, if like you have like, a lot more cholesterol in your blood, you of course, are more likely to have coagulated blood. That's how you get fucking heart attacks. Okay. Strokes and shit. Cool. Uh, actually, why the fuck did I need to take that from an episode of Moral Oral? That makes perfect sense. It just it's didn't more, make sense in the episode of Oral's dad shooting him so the doctor saying, I mean, that's the joke of it, I guess. But I don't know why that You learn a lot from that show. I mean, you know. That show is... I mean, it's an amazing show, I think. Yeah, but he was a the, funny guy. Yeah, it's, it's fucking... Man, that show went for fucking... That show was not on long at all. That show was on three years, and from beginning to end... What a fucking... Jesus Christ, it's... Uh, you know... <laughs> right. for, for, for 800 degrees. Yeah. You
1: know? um, um, anyway, so, yeah, he... he uh, so, Blackwell is still doing headbutts, and the announcers uh, once again say he's hitting him with the exact part of his head that's been cut open and bleeding. Like, they really <laughs> like to emphasize... Uh, Blackwell's bloody forehead and he finally makes his like ultimate comeback with some really incredible punches on on Superstar Then Slaughter comes in and starts just fucking people up with punches throwing people into the cage
2: yeah I mean Blackwell has like a hard head gimmick of course which is Sick, and he sells. There with things. Haku so, too, by the way. Yeah, which is so great. Yeah, he sells L-Swing so well. He has this. Uh, I mean, he just looks like a dazed motherfucker, and he always looks like a dazed motherfucker. But he progressively gets more dazed. Well, he, he has does trouble sell. breathing
1: because of you know his condition <laughs> of being yeah. a massive, massive fat man. Oh, <laughs> makes it tough. Makes it tough. But he can still do a splash. He can still do a fucking drop kick. Um, but yeah, slaughter slaughter gets a he little can face. bump like a motherfucker. He definitely uh, can. And he like that's the thing. You don't have like a 470 pound man uh, working face and peril unless they really have a good uh, like a skill of fucking bumping around and also be just a, a good mind for for what it takes uh, to to sell as a as a baby face. Like uh, and then Sarge comes in and also ends up getting uh, sort of thrown into a second face and peril sequence. Um, he At some point, Sarge climbs all the way to the top of the cage, and it looks like he's going to jump off the top of the cage, but he can't get his footing, so he yeah. just doesn't. Um, like, he's an insane person, but he's not stupid. He would, he knew he was not going to make it if he climbed up there.
2: Yeah, he tried, and that's a... Uh, he would have gone for, I, I guess, like a Gypsy Joe-style single-foot stomp. Yeah, which he does try again
1: once he gets to the, to the rope.
2: Yeah. yeah, which is badass. Um, but... Uh, it's just like I mean, and he's a huge motherfucker. Obviously, I think he's listed at three o two, Yeah,
1: he's got like three inches on me too because I've taken a picture standing right next to him. Um, yes, my uh, and, and me and my my five foot one wife. Um, oh, hey, all right, go go ahead. I gotta I gotta do a baby uh, thing.
2: <laughs> okay, so we get young Haku. Haku would have been. Uh, twenty okay. four, maybe older than that but I'm not sure it doesn't really matter because he's an amazing athlete Um, he does some fucking ca- uh, kicks just fucking barefooted dope. always barefooted yeah, did he ever wear boots it. I can't f- I-, I don't think of him ever wearing boots I think it's
1: possible that he did at times as Ming but I'm not 100% sure yeah I I,
2: I think it, like if he wore them now I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be sure. pissed or anything he's, when he worked the so... New
1: Japan Rumble or whatever
2: yeah, or the fucking Black Label Pro match, him and... Uh, oh, face yeah, he's versus, wearing shoes in that, yeah, versus yeah, the
1: versus, different
2: boy. Yeah, uh, yeah, father and son. Yeah, father and son, uh, Nick Cage yeah. and, uh, and Jimmy Lloyd, uh, that, yeah, and it's like, I don't care, he's a millionaire, he's, he's still the hardest motherfucker of all time. It's Second on. time we've
1: uh, referenced that match in this show, I actually haven't covered it for the show, but it comes up, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, talk a lot about Nick Cage, eventually we will talk about the different boy, uh, foreshadowing. Uh no, it's just we like that guy. It'll happen. He's amazing. Anyway, um, th- I mean, th- this match has a lot of structure to it, but at the same time, it's like it's just such a. Cl- it's not about these intent. I mean, the transitions are really great. I, I love this match, but it's like all- the whole of this is just so wild. I mean, Mass Superstar. He does not look like fucking demolition axe. This old disgusting SM daddy. He looks like like a bigger mill and not even because of the mask he has like like he's he does got like a similar a, body uh, yeah he does like a flying clothesline and he gets like full like he gets like full ass in the air on it it looks great yeah um he's like he's like a great mover it's weird
1: uh he's a weird guy is- it's it's a that's a weird uh character like I, watching him like cut promos and stuff um i don't know Mass Superstar is a guy that I've seen very little of, and I would like to see more, just to see if Matt D was right about him being an all-time great.
2: I mean, another Georgia guy who... So it's much, again, similar to... uh, uh, Yeah, similar... Very similar case to someone we've referenced before, Assassin Jody Hamilton, where we know he can promo, uh, we know he's interesting. Yeah, because we got some TV
1: bits, but we don't have the matches.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just... I don't know, this is just... So, I mean, sh-
1: the, you, you talk about the structure and the story.
2: There is a lot going
1: on here, but it's mostly. I don't think this is like a great, great match. I think it's a nice blow off to a feud that clearly was going on and being built through, you know, broken alliances and, and backstabbing or whatever. Fucking jingoistic um, American pride. Like, there's plenty of stuff at play here, but more than anything, <laughs> more than anything, I think this match is about how Sheik and NLKC LKC is. His worst nightmare, which is what the uh, what the commentator says, Sheik's worst nightmare, uh, is about to happen to him. It's oh about how God. he's afraid of getting squished by a fat man that he betrayed. That's what this match <laughs> yes. is about. Like, when you boil it down to its core, it's about uh, a, 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 a terrorist <laughs> who is afraid yeah. of a fat white man, which is truly the Minnesota uh, American dream is going and and sitting your fucking cheese curd ass on top of a fucking middle eastern guy uh who who has threatened your country and your home and that is truly what this match is about
2: yes Um, somehow this match nothing presages the existence of brock lesnar of all people better than this match Sure,
1: sure, definitely.
2: Uh, <laughs> this match is just fucking... It's just like, five of the, five guys are just fucking hard... Mud- I mean, I just, I, everything about this match is just enjoyable. It's yeah. highly entertaining. It's yeah. just, And I the dream just, is
1: fully realized as the finish is a massive top rope splash from Blackwell to Adnan, who just gets completely crushed. And, and as it's happening, uh, Slaughter clotheslines both of Adnan's boys, and you just... I mean... I don't know everything that happened leading up to this. I've got a okay sense of it being mostly built around Adnan turning on on uh, on Blackwell, but I' pretty clear this is the uh, climax and payoff that you would want from that sort of thing, uh, and they they nail it. And that is a massive fat boy splash.
2: Oh god goddamn! Yeah, um, it kicks ass. It's just. Yeah. i just I just like enjoy just, you know a lot of the re- recurring element for, the, for matches we do on this show is I enjoy watching these people do things, yes, I enjoy watching all these people do things, yeah. Well, I also... There we go. I I, I I just want to watch more Blackwell all the time. Blackwell's a fucking freak. He's amazing. I mean, yeah. We we watched
1: him in, like, an unlikely place in the Destroyer episode. Um, This makes more sense. Maybe we can fit him in, like, a Jerry Lawler episode or something, because that's a really good match. Hell yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many more times we're going to get a chance to see him unless we do, like, a full showcase on him, which we could do, I'm sure. We could could find a reason. Um, But, yeah, so the post-match promo is incredible um blackwell and, and sarge uh blackwell yells i, w- I want to know what it feels like for 468 pounds to come off the damn top rope uh which is some cold ass <laughs> shit to say to a man that you just pulverized that's some fucking mean shit um
2: oh man what did george ask motherfucker yeah oh god damn Slaughter-
1: says some, you know, America shit. I don't know. Um, and then Blackwell says that, he says, I appreciate what you've done for me in that ring, but I don't like all that training you've been making me do. Uh, <laughs> there's,
2: you- there's a bit in the in the commentary where they say they've, they've, they've built a cage. They've been taking bumps into the cage. Oh no shit, like, I missed that. And you're like, that's, that's very, yeah, man, this dude, he was, he was a boot camp. I mean, there is a reason sure. that Yep, yeah, that but it's so funny. Yeah. And I mean too, what a team, what a perfect team of just like what imagine like I need revenge on this motherfucker. This fucking terrorist, this motherfucker <laughs> yeah. who had eight hundred thousand people, the entire population of Iraq cheering him on in the stadium. Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter. Uh it's so good. Yeah, Burn Ganya. what a what a you know we talk a lot about savants on this show. Yeah. yeah, he
1: got he understood how to fucking run Saint Paul. That's for sure. Uh, these guys don't like each other. Uh, Slaughter says they did what they did here tonight because they're Americans, and he uh, he also says it doesn't matter if you're black or white or red or purple. So I don't really know what that means. But woke King Slaughter is uh, yeah, a he's dude. you know he
2: he's uh, he's boomer woke. That's like he's boomer you woke. Know, yeah, woke boomer, boomer memes. That is, I mean, hey, man, that is like boomer anti-racism, just being like, sure. I don't, it do not matter, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, like, you know what? Fine.
1: I don't care you know if you're how many gay or are... any of those other things in that acronym.
2: Yeah, you know what? <laughs> and you know, and you know how many goddamn boomers are literal just murder psychopaths? Yeah, right. Take that. That's fine with me. Anyway, uh, this match. I,
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't love this match. Like, I don't love love it, but overall as like a segment and with that post-match promo i i was i was down i like this a lot (laughs) i just want more blackwell i fucking love him he's so cool and weird and unique and i just you know what i just want to listen to him do promos like fuck it's all i want now
2: (laughs) man man, imagine imagine him 20 fucking years later or 15-ish years later Doing wild,
1: wild, wild okay. Working tank in iceberg. Yes.
2: Okay. That's AJ Styles versus Jerry Blackwell.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then he gets uh, he gets like a brief run in TNA, uh, and like what was that girl's name? Lollipop.
2: Um... Candy.
1: (laughs) What's Uh, Goldilocks? Goldilocks. Thank you. And then like Goldilocks like licks his nipple after like a backstage segment or something like some you know. Uh, that puppet, the psycho midget uh, (laughs) and Barry Blackwell have like a fucking uh, fans bring the weapons match and Goldilocks, I don't know, is there presumably. And (laughs) Ed Ferrara is farting on commentary. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Uh, Yeah. 15 years later, I'd be okay with that. (laughs) Okay. Um, So uh, we're going to take a a, a brief break. uh, If you are good on the AWA match. Yeah, I'm good. All right, I'm gonna go and use the restroom, and um, I'm gonna—I'm just gonna leave my microphone open. If you hear my son uh, start to yell, that's—that's uh, that's unfortunate. So he'll—he'll <laughs> well, well, yeah. he'll live. He's fine. He's gonna be just fine. He's drinking some milk. He's looking uh, very well fed and confused. Um, no, he's happy. All right, there's a smile. That's the smile I'm looking for. Welcome back to Resting Is Gross. Let's talk about Greg Valentine's ass.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> From Man. July sixth,
1: is that right? Nineteen eighty-five. Man,
2: I think so. Uh, which we we that means we have consecutive July sixth matches. That's right. Indip- uh, Independence Junior Junior Day.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, don't I don't know what that means. I mean, I do, but <laughs> I, I wish you hadn't I, said it.
2: <laughs> I, I know too. I'm like, uh, that was very good. Yeah,
1: Greg uh, Valentine versus Tito Santana from WWF from the for for the WWF Intercontinental Championship from the Baltimore Civic Center. Is that right? Yes. The graphic says MSG. Um, well, ber- well, Oh yeah. Did you look at this on Cage Match? Can you actually confirm that the? I mean, it, it's not an MSG, obviously.
2: Yeah, no, it's Baltimore. Like, okay,
1: because I, you know, for some reason, I Baltimore Civic Center isn't, a, isn't like a venue that I, I like. I think of like the Cap Center and Landover as like a big place that yeah. they run. How far is that? You're from the the region, sort of. How far is Landover from Baltimore? Um, it's not. It's,
2: that's not like that's like a. 50 miles or something like that cuz Liveavers is like right obviously uh DC suburb. Right. Um so yeah, uh okay. it's So yeah, they I, would they
1: would run big fucking cage matches and title changes in two buildings 50 miles away from each other. Like that's such a weird thing, but
2: um Yeah, and it, I want to say I don't think this is the same arena that they run now. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think it is. But they would—they well, run all the fucking time, hilariously. Um, for considering it's Baltimore, it's Sure. Like, no. I—I I mean, I—I I, I like Baltimore, but it's Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I got no problems ba- with Baltimore with the Wire season Bal- three. Fantastic. Uh,
2: Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, uh,
1: Maryland. Yeah. Uh, no. So we got a uh, uh, classic feud. Excuse me. Fix my headphones. Classic feud here. Um, we got. Uh, just some weird overdubbed commentary by gorilla Monsoon uh by himself uh, yeah <laughs> which he's he's definitely trying to like vamp and fill space. it's very strange uh, uh, yeah
2: um he i mean he's doing he's being gorilla ish he's being like, oh, critical. Definitely. but at the same time it's also has that it's weird he sounds like he this is also like peak, you're likable. We both have uh in our family, literally, you know, we're both actually, you know, uh you know, have, you know, named for, you know, our, uh, like, I like a slow uncle, right? You okay. know, he's he's a sl- gorilla monsoon is a slow uncle. Sure. <laughs> sure. He's, yes. But he's like, he's likable and he's making points. And you're like, yeah, he's into this. He's feeling this. This is his environment.
1: Yeah. It's no, it's a slow it's uncle for sure. Uh, yeah,
2: uh, so this isn't that fucking the Hart brothers Steiner brothers match where he just you just want him to die in the middle of it. Which I, is, don't, even, I, illiter-
1: mm, I don't. I don't remember that. Well, I I don't have any frame of reference there. Um, it's
2: um, oh fuck that match is one of my favorites ever. A lot of people don't okay. like that match. Weirdly, I love that match so much. I mean, Russell I, Four.
1: Yes, I'm familiar with the match. I just don't
2: know the commentary. Um, yeah. it's him and Stan Lane, it's it's bad. Okay, there bad. we go. On. Um, <laughs> so this he's, is a. Sorry, you go.
1: He says that Tito was almost maimed the last time he met Valentine. Uh, then he says this is for the for the first time in the history of wrestling the IC title will be defended inside of a 15 foot high steel cage. And I don't believe that's true at all. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that probably happened like nightly in 1985.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very strange. He says the steel uh, cage matches
1: them. I most of my notes here are just Gorilla quotes. Um he says it's the most dangerous type of match there is. Uh and says that Tito has recently had surgery on his leg because of what Valentine did to him.
2: Um yeah, so you're going to uh, mention Gorilla's uh, comment that he I've been in this uh, steel cage match environment many times, I never liked it. I never I
1: didn't like any of them he says. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I didn't like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can't imagine
1: you enjoyed being in a fucking cage match, like, yeah, this is so the match the He's so sincere, it's hard to talk about this match without talking about gorilla the entire time. This is an escape the cage rules match, which is an unfairly maligned stipulation um, it's become a bad thing throughout the years, I guess, but this is. Really worked like a fight where yeah, if you uh, get
2: two tight, fucking workers like Greg the Hammer Valentine and fucking Tito Santana and the uh, bl- like the blow off to a blood feud. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. I mean, they worked this. I think the clo- the tightest match we've wo- d- talked about before this is uh, would be fucking Prontonkov. Yeah, sure. I um, think like it is a straight that nothing else is just like as close up to just a fucking is- fight. So just close up like I like we are on top of each other. Fucking, you will not fucking get away from me, you motherfucker. Sure, like. sure, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: that's definitely that's definitely a thing here. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna keep going to fucking gorilla quotes. He says the hammer knows m- so many ways to hurt you, um, <laughs> which is but so fucking true because hammer has like Valentine has like probably 15 or 20 different strikes that he does throughout this match, whether it's, like, a downward forearm, uh, like a knife-edge... My fucking phone's ringing. How about that? I'm going to answer this. Hang on. Yeah. (laughs) Hello? Uh, There's no one here under the name Brenda. I'm sorry.
0: Uh
1: You too. Bye. All right, so the hammer... (laughs) (laughs) Leave it in. Leave it in, yeah. It in, yeah. Uh, so the... Uh, fucking Brenda? I'm expecting a call, you asshole. And I... Okay. That's why well, my Brenda ringer's on still, in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I Brenda know. can... Um, Brenda can kiss uh, the exposed ass of Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, yeah. He does, uh, like, knife-edge chops, uh, down-strike forearms. He does, uh, like, just point-of-the-elbow strikes, fra- like straight forearms. He just... He does like different types of kicks and knees he is such a varied striker and everyone looks just as good as the last it's it's really like as just from like a pure striker perspective as they would say (laughs) probably the yeah yeah the hammer has got to be the best one of the best pure strikers in the wwe today for sure oh man um I,
2: I That's exactly what you mean. He has so many. He's a fucking... I mean, and he just, like, he gets that forearm, like, right on top of the forehead or something. Yeah. And it's just fucking nasty. Like, he's scalping the motherfucker. He's... It's he was strange. doing that to
1: Piper and that... This is the second, second appearance of uh, Valentine, actually, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, the strikes in that match are similar to this. We had better camera work on that, but... Um, yeah, he, he rips into We're a big fan
2: of a White Morishima on Wrestling is gross. That's
1: right, White Morishima. I have that written down, actually. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. actually pretty close to the actual name of a guy who worked Futen, right? Wait,
2: yes, white I,
1: Moriyama I, or something? I don't know. It
2: was Moriyama, yes. I was like cause I, I remembered, I remembered exactly what he meant, but I was like, Mora. Uh, something.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, I'm yeah. sure he's around somewhere, uh, probably working fucking Keita Yano, <laughs> Keita in the house. Um, so I, I think this is like a really good match. I think this is like one of the shorter versions of the hammer versus uh, Tito matches, which is probably the, like my favorite feud in WWF history actually. Um, be,
2: yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Yeah,
1: and they would go like 20, 25 like sometimes, in, in bigger like MSG matches, uh, much more deliberate pace. They you know work long headlocks and and like figure four sequences and the stuff you would expect from like an extended Greg the Hammer Valentine match. Uh, but this hasn't really worked like that at all. It's just uh, <laughs> he just gives him some sick shots into the cage. Uh, Tito gets some color. Uh, he's got some good comebacks, obviously, but it's this for me was all. This was all Valentine.
2: I yeah, I fucking I fucking love Tito. I oh think yeah, he's, t- he's so good in his role, but he's like, yeah. He, I mean, Valentine is he just sells his ass fuck. off too. Yeah, Valentine is just a, just a savage motherfucker. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it's not that he, he's not. It's not that he's eating the match up. It's just like Tito's he's role is, a, is to
1: sell to sell the ass beating and then come out victorious uh you know just the perseverance at the end that's that's the match yeah
2: yeah i mean and you know tita i mean tita rules it's not it's nothing against tita nothing he's no. he's doing exactly what he's supposed to Oh, it's i think the, the
1: flying forearm too um is oh like, hell yeah like arguably the uh i guess the prototypical you would say and it's probably not the right adjective i'm looking for but the prototypical out of nowhere finish um you know your your fucking diamond cutters or whatever Uh, the way that it can come off of any random Irish whip and then finish a match just not even like build to a momentum shift it just happens and then we're done Um, I think that's one of the earliest examples of a move like that uh, that the crowd recognizes oh this is your finish he hit it it's over I didn't see it coming but he did it and now let's fucking go we can go to the bathroom now because this match is over Um, I think it's Really interesting for that, because that has become a thing, obviously, in modern wrestling. You're not flash finish, but you're, you're out-of-nowhere move. The fucking RKO, it's a meme, right? Whereas yeah. They had that meme, but it was fucking Tito's flying forearm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and it, but instead of just being like it, it never needs an elaborate setup. It's just this fucking dude who just fucking blasting you in the head. Yeah, it kicks ass.
1: It's great. Um, He's great. He is great. I don't want to say Tito's not great. Great. It's fucking Tito's fucking fantastic. Um, Tito appeared on. Uh, the Chris Gethard show actually at one point uh, <laughs> big fan of him for, for him and uh, and Colt Cabana I think the only two wrestlers to have appeared uh, and then uh, uh, Brett Davis got New Jack on his show which mean which is Brett Davis is obviously better than Chris Gethard in almost every way um, but yeah as far as <laughs> New York New York uh, cable access is concerned um, he appeared on the Chris Gethard show which is a very important thing for me uh, in like 2012 and I I, I love tito he's a he is a um he's a like humble and uh just a sincere fucking dude and we talk a lot about uh guys who are sincere as hell and I think Tito is definitely that great great baby face like one of the best of the era for sure
2: yeah um we got uh the the audio on this because of how weird it is uh oh and the crowd is fucking hot for Tito so of course uh, but the audio for this like the most you don't hear anything from in the ring, really.
1: No, because it's, it's just dubbed over with Gorilla saying dumb shit like, uh-oh, Tito with a handful of tights could become X-rated here at any moment. Because
2: <laughs> we, see, we see Greg
1: Valentine's ass like three yeah. times in this
2: match. Oh, god damn, it's a pasty motherfucking ass. Um, it is, yeah, but really, the, really, what we hear mostly, of course, is... Jimmy Hart, uh, who almost exclusively is right. referred to as the Mouth of the South, because really Gorilla clearly just was like, he wasn't phoning this in, but he was like, how do I make this extra fun? How often can I refer to him without calling him by his name? I feel and, like man, Gorilla think it, used
1: a lot of nicknames on commentary. That was a pretty common thing for him, right? No,
2: uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was, but it, it feels like, I don't think, I think he literally calls him Jimmy Hart once, which is yeah. so funny. Um, and you're just, but you hear the, you know, that you megaphone. hear like, yeah, the, <laughs> the psycho laugh. Yeah. You're like,
1: oh, <laughs> wow, damn, that was somehow even more psychotic than, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, uh, we're going to um, isolate that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That was terrifying. It was spot <laughs> on. It sounded like you actually uh, had a megaphone there and you did it in t- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Man, I fucking uh, hated Jimmy Hart as a kid. I don't know how yeah. much, like, so by the time I was... I guess by the time I was watching like live, like the the stuff that was actually currently happening, it was I would have been about four, which is crazy because my daughter's about four and she doesn't. She I don't, maybe she is going to remember watching wrestling. That motherfucker
2: was a baby face.
1: I know, I know, and that's the thing is he was like he was <laughs> backing up uh, Brutus and and uh, and Hogan. You know, I don't think I have any memories of '93 Raw. I think I was watching, but my earliest memories of Raw were like. uh I guess it was ninety three, like one two three kid coming in. So yeah. maybe maybe uh, my daughter will remember watching um, the Miz versus Shane McMahon from WrestleMania this year. <laughs> but no, I, I I remember thinking Jimmy Hart was just the fucking worst, and it didn't matter if he was. I you know I think he was part of the reason I never liked Hogan. It's because when I was like really com- becoming aware of of wrestling, and I I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, I've, I've got a. I'll come back around because I do think Jimmy Hart is good and valuable. Um, but as a kid, when I when I came became like aware of like baby faces and heels, like well, I to the sense that I wasn't supposed to like this guy and I'm supposed to like this guy. I think I had seen a lot of tapes of like '89, '90 WWF, and I had known Jimmy as like the honky tonk man and like Valentine and. And like the the heel Heart Foundation, and I just hated him, you know, I hated him like throwing in the megaphone and that like costing i guess was it the the heart Foundation, the titles, or
2: yeah, just his general scumminess. he's yeah scummy looking but I mean that's the thing is that like, he's not he's not a g- good baby face though, like the idea of like a washed up old ass Jimmy Hart as a baby face. Would be appealing. I don't think anybody's ever really done that. I don't think he because he uh, because of his Hogan affiliation he's always been able to m- maintain like oh I'm Jimmy Hart and all of that, and, like in W C W like Yeah was, and I haven't the seen it the themes a guy and shit, all that. Sure. But, so I think that's the, really valuable. I
1: think if you like consider how much how much like good work he would have done for just the fucking entrance music, and and not just in, like, the WCW era, but the, the WWF era is, like, largely, sorry, I'm, this kid is going nuts, um, largely based on, um, on his, like, compositions, you know, and, like, he was, he was doing some cool work, um, just... I, I don't I guess real America isn't him obviously but fucking the t- the Yeah,
2: Rick Diringer,
1: Yeah, so like the Strike Force theme uh is is the best obviously. Um I don't think you have Pile Driver without him. And but that's the thing is I also think he is a great fucking heel. Um He is. Memphis, just- the first family was yes. like everything. Fucking yes, of him course. and the Dream Machine and fucking Sweet Brown Sugar. Uh, which somehow we've never talked about, I don't think we've ever covered a Memphis match in this fucking show at this point, which is crazy. Uh, yeah,
2: I know, I was just, ta- I just, I like, I literally, like, uh, in the comment to a, the Dustin episode, uh, fr- a friend of the show, uh, Umbrella Serra, I was like, said something about Tennessee, and I'm like, yeah, we could make this an all Memphis show and nobody would mind. Yeah. Which is true. Well, I don't Good, yeah.
1: You just cover TV, just do a review of cuz we've got so much of it on on tape now.
0: Um, yes.
2: But yeah. we could just we could do literally entire like what? We would uh digress and we would do uh we would do we we would uh do some fucking uh SMW for a break
1: yeah sure sure
2: and just maintain like we can literally just do all yeah and well, no, like you, that what you
1: th- do is you go and you do fucking pafos, icw um yes, exactly. but yeah so this is
2: <clears throat> that
1: bring it back around jimmy hart's good I almost said teddy hart teddy hart also good uh, <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Thank you for teddy hart a great man not nope. a good dude ian yeah, okay. rotten <laughs> ian rotten as hell um, ian rotten comp
1: perhaps <laughs> um, we, I made that joke already. Fuck. Yes,
2: um, but you, but you we, I, you did, you underplayed it. Ian, you underplayed it, so it, w- I had, I I only heard it, like, the second time I listened <laughs> to that fucking episode. Uh, so yeah, so the finish here, uh,
1: well, all right, so at one point, Gorilla says, I'm, I'm glad I retired, and fuck, we are too, man. Um, finishes, Tito <laughs> hangs off the side of the cage, trying to escape. Uh, this is, like, the third time we've seen Valentine's ass, by the way. Um. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you get a, gr- a good gorilla on. He chat. He's like, oh, center from center. That, that's the hardest way to do it. <laughs> well, shut the fuck up, gorilla. You don't know shit.
1: Yeah, um, no, and gorilla monsoon. Uh, not a not a great uh, ring psychologist. Definitely nowhere near ability level. Um, and then yeah, Valentine tries to escape through the door as Tito's going over the top uh, of the cage. Tito, uh, is on one side of, like, the corner of the cage, and the door is, like, the next corner around, and, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, Valentine's trying to get out the cage through the door, Tito's hanging off the side, and he just fucking kicks that door wraps, right,
2: wraps the fucker, wraps his leg around the fucking cage, yeah. kicks right in his fucking, fucking horrible F.A.S. ass face,
1: uh, <laughs> it's really very Indiana Jones, the way he swung around, he swung his leg around, and. And just knocked it into the and then we yeah, it drops to the floor and we got a new Intercontinental Champion. I didn't realize this was the title change. Or one of the one of the title changes. Um,
2: oh. this is the title change. This is the title, title change. Okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that.
1: I, I I think I've seen this. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, we get an amazing post match. Just wow, just amazing. Um with Valentine getting in the ring with the IC title swinging the belt around, throwing it into, like, the cage and into the turnbuckle and just bashing it on every hard surface he can find so just to destroy the belt so when Tito gets it, it's just all fucked up. (laughs) It's so funny. The crowd's, like, throwing trash in the ring.
2: Yeah! It's so
1: good. Fuck, man. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, Greg Valentine. Uh, Truly
1: canonized as, like, a gross legend on this show, I think. Yeah. I think between uh, this and the dog collar match, and I know there's plenty of other stuff, too, but
2: between... If we, it, yeah, if we do a Piper episode, we we fucking... I, I, yeah, I want to watch that fucking, other match. Exactly, exactly, that uh, Piper-Valentine match, the one uh goddamn. Yeah, I haven't watched that, it
1: Greg- yet, I, I've heard it's really good, though.
2: We could do a fucking Valentine episode and fucking do Ronnie yeah, we, Garvin Valentine man. Uh, we
1: do the, We do the Valentines. We do two two uh, Johnnies and two uh, two Gregs because that apparently that Johnny Valentine uh, Baba Inoki, uh tag that they just covered on Segunda Kaedia is really good. Um, yeah, yeah, Greg Valentine. I've seen his ass. So so is my now, son. My son was also my yeah. A lot of people now, seen my man's ass.
2: Now the transition, main event time. Main event that's time. Good language. Another, we're going to see another uh, man's what ass. A man who, who I, think, I don't think has as good of an ass as Greg Valentine. Now that's a fucking callback. Yeah, it's he's, not a, of he's
1: not a PAWG like White Morishima.
2: <laughs> That's a fucking callback to the, me not me saying, uh, and you getting pissed off that I've said that Greg Valentine's better than Rick Flair because they're oh, different sure. guys. Yeah, um, every, every name of wrestler in the 80s who wasn't a blonde guy who did not figure four. Right. That's true. But. We got two shit, of them here. Yeah, July 6th, 1986 for the nwa world heavyweight championship we are in charlotte north carolina at the memorial stadium which is a weird ass stadium that never had like an nfl team it's obviously can't or not equipped for a baseball team it's fucking weird the only other you thing is a
1: cage match where a guy lands in a fucking helicopter gets a red carpet rolled out walks to the ring yes. and then he talks shit yeah. for 25 minutes
2: yeah, the only thing I've ever seen, the only other thing I've ever seen here is like footage from like a motocross race in 1989.
1: Charlotte, baby, we got Ric Flair versus Ricky Morton from Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, Great American Bash tour.
2: And now this is a match that steel
1: cage match. Was, like, we should say. that wasn't steel clear cage right.
2: match. Well, yeah, who, who, yeah. Who would know? Uh, this is a match that was. Like in the like down uh, in the fucking like on the cutting room floor for like twenty five years. Uh,
0: there's really? no commenter. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, so there's a crawl uh, throughout at certain points of the match that says it's crawl. Is that what you call it? The like the scrolling like news ticker. Cr- like the crawl. Crawl, crawl, crawl. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Croll, <laughs> I but yeah, crawl. I guess crawl because
1: like as scrolls. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I thought the word was crawl. All right, cool. Uh, there's a crawl <laughs> at the bottom telling us that this was originally broadcast without commentary, um, which is fine. Like I don't understand why they ha- like they have a WWE Network fucking graphic over this to tell you that because who the fuck cares? Um, and then yeah, fucking news chopper lands in the field. A red carpet is rolled out, and it's the world fucking heavyweight champion baby. It steps out of a motherfucking helicopter. Holy God. This is the best entrance of all time, and yeah. also Ric Flair, a man who broke his back in a plane crash, defeats air travel in style. Um, are we sure that Iho de Santo didn't ever come to the ring like on the back of a horse?
2: I think fuck, he probably did. I, f- yeah. I swear, yeah. I've okay. seen that. Here's the thing: I bet that he did. It's just, was it? Here's the thing. Do we have footage of it? Yes, because I've seen it. I <laughs> no, swear no, I've I'm seen saying no matter what, I'm certain he did. <laughs> I just don't know that there's footage of it because I haven't seen it, but I believe you when you say you've seen it, I am 100% certain whether or not that there's footage of it or not that he did though. <laughs> that. That it it's just like, you know, just some match in fucking Guadalajara in... 87. Know, they, it, had, uh, yeah, they it, just it was ha- on the Lucha set. They just had a they just had a horse yeah. and they well, asked was us, his you horse. know if you want to get
1: on it and there you go. Yeah, he he rode it to the fucking to the arena. Um, yeah, so we've got Ricky Morton here, of course, one half of probably my favorite tag team of the of at least American tag team of all time, of course, the Ro- Rock and Roll Express, as everybody I would imagine is aware. Um, my favorite tag team of all time, of course, is the Holy Demon Army. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Ricky Morton has the, uh, protective face mask on, uh, shades of, like, Sean Kemp in 1995, maybe? Yeah, I don't even know yeah, who. he
2: got his, uh, he got, there was, this was a... Mookie Blaylock? Weird, yeah, um... Grant Hill. Grant yeah, Hill had the he, mask,
1: right?
2: Yeah, a lot, okay. of, a lot of, uh, recently, it's not, like, as, uh, advanced as your, uh, Joel Embiid face mask from last year, okay. where he looked like an evil motherfucker, well he didn't I mean he looked like a big sweet dum-dum wearing a face mask I love you Joel Uh, we're gonna the Sixers are gonna lose to the Raptors in five and it's gonna suck but still see I don't know uh, that but
1: I I believe you Um, the Sixers are they're in the playoffs
2: yeah they're good for trust the process man the Sixers are good (laughs) yeah they're good All right. well Yeah, they won (laughs) consecutive year winning fifty games. All right, Uh, you don't don't believe
1: me that Santo rode a horse to the ring. I don't believe that the Sixers
2: are good. (laughs) I believe you that Santo (laughs) rode a horse to the ring. I'm saying, I'm you know what I'm saying is, I'm saying that he rode a horse to the ring many times. Okay, well, my point is that I'm certain that (laughs) happened many times, planned or not. What? Oh, like,
1: okay. Yeah, drugs. Yeah, like
2: did they think yeah or, <laughs> so he, or rode the ho- <laughs> he rode the
1: horse to the ring. Got it. Got it. Oh,
2: shit. Yeah. Fuck. Um but anyway, uh there was cocaine, a Ricky Morton. Yes, there's a okay, so uh Cocaine, Robert Gibson. There was a mini rock and rolls four horsemen cocaine! Every single member of the Four Horsemen ever, except uh Oldie? Huh? Oh, Holy did a lot of love. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, who was I going to? I was going to say Sting, but no, Sting did coke. It just I was just going to make fun of Sting for being lame. He was then, never but, truly like,
1: accepted as a member, anyways.
2: Yeah, he's the worst. He is the worst horse for people. Uh, that's a. That's a. That's a. You know, Paul a- Roma did coke for Paul sure. Paul Roma did so much coke,
1: but he How sucks. Much-
2: <laughs> yeah, but he is not. Uh, or you know, Mongo. A lot of people say, Mongo is a perfectly cromulent horseman. It's just he's not a particularly good wrestler. He should have been the J.J. Dillon. Once that, sure. Uh, once that group was just old guys and v- the vanilla midgets, right? I would argue that,
1: that he left the NFL almost entirely so he could do more cocaine. And because they wouldn't let him bring his dog in the locker room.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike Singletary making fun of his. It's like you, you dress up your dog, motherfucker. It's like, like <laughs> yeah. what? What, Mongo what is this, ass. man? Mongo
1: fucking rules. Um, yeah. So this is the probably the one. I mean, it's, this is not the one big singles opportunity that Ricky Morton's ever had. But this is easily the best or the biggest singles match of his career, uh, going for the big gold fucking belt. Um, and yeah, this is a dirty fucking match. I guess Rick oh, Morton was- had his nose broken probably before this. Oh, my- yeah,
2: yeah, they <laughs> fu- yeah the Horseman fucked him up. Uh, you know, they you know they put the boots to him, and you know he needs the face protection. Yeah. Uh, the ref, the ref in this match, man, Young. Is-, is it Tom- Holy shit! I did not think it was Tommy Young. Yeah. He Doesn't look. I I didn't think he looked like Tommy Young for some reason.
1: Well, he certainly acts like him because he can't keep his fucking nose out of the goddamn thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, he's a Dave. Because I, I didn't really, I, because here's the thing. I'm like, obviously, I would think Tommy Young. Uh, if I see something, but I, he just looked too young. He didn't look like I don't know. But he, I was gonna call him a David Manning ass motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. He, yeah,
1: he is. He is all up in their shit. Uh, we start off Ricky uh, grabbing uh, Rick Rick Flair's face or grabbing his hair, raking his face across the top rope, and then Tommy yeah. Young immediately says, "Come on, you two, stick to wrestling."
2: This, I don't want a street fight. I don't want to see a street fight. You bitch, you're in a cage. Right. What are you doing? This is, it's like, uh, also It's like I mean, I've seen, like, there's some, you know, the classic NWA, Mid-Atlantic, you know, mostly is, like, uh, Final Conflict which we considered doing. Um, okay. Which he had tentatively slotted in before he so said, fuck this, we should do this match. Like, okay. you know, that's non-Tornado tag format, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, man, he's so over the top. But, man, this is a match all what about...
1: What are you saying, though? What are you, what are you
2: talking about? Like, the rules are enforced. Okay, the rules. But okay. But, but man, <laughs> this is, like, so fucking over the top out of him. Shut the fuck it's just, up, No, it's man. just how
1: he is. It's how he's always been. Uh, I know. So, yeah, yeah. Flair... Fires off a chop, Morton comes back with a punch, Flare does an ultra fast back bump. It's so crazy to me every time I see like this era of Flare, or any era of Flare really, but especially this era where he is moving at like such a speed, um, that he broke yeah. his back and he learned how to bump all over again, and then he just bumped with this level of intensity all the time.
2: And so, uh, 12 years after... 11 years after the plane crash. Yeah, yeah,
1: 75. Jesus. He gets smothered Uh, and tries to run away, climb over the cage, and then we get our pleasure of seeing another bleach-blonde man's ass. We got two matches in a (laughs) row. Uh, His
2: ass is not as pasty, but it's still tan lines, which makes sense. Yeah,
1: tan lines are... Yes, the tan lines are really something. And also, this is in a higher definition. This is real high-quality video here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is beautiful. Um... You know, you see that, uh, that, you know, uh, cord belt on Ricky Morton, uh, just all the collars looks fucking, uh, you know, it's beautiful. Um... So, yeah, yeah and-
1: I've, I have always kind of been mixed on Tommy Young as, as, like, the tough guy referee. But, like, Flair's definitely the best foil for him. They have, like, a fun chemistry and, like, yeah. an ongoing story between them. They've always had this conflict, and he's always been trying to keep Flair in line, but never... And he usually gets his ass kicked in the end for it. Like, he, somebody just gets dropped on his head or whatever.
2: Yeah, and we get a, a good amount of Ricky Morton also uh, exploiting that. There's a set like a um figure four segment where he's like holding tommy young onto him to basically in part to get him to sort of notice that flair's fucking holding the ropes but also he can't like count him down or anything like that because he can't like it's impossible for him to make the count it's 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 a nice little move it's it's good shit uh, yeah, and, and we, we we do get
1: Ricky doing some some exploitation. He he goes after the nose re- repeatedly. Um, we get a long headlock sequence where Ricky grinds on Flair's nose, and then you know Tommy tells him to stop. Uh, he yanks on the nose, like just pulls on it like a fucking yeah. And he's told to release the hold at one point around this time by by Tommy Young, and then he does for, like, a, just a split second. He, like, yeah. lets go of his hand and then clasps them
2: again real fast. You might as well have done the, the Fuchi spot, and you would have been like, yeah, but, but I mean, this is, What's the Fuchi spot? Of, you know, the classic, like... You have to explain gets, it. You know, he gets the opponent in the headlock, and has, like, his team partner distract the ref a little bit, and does a closed fist, and then it's like, I didn't do the closed fist, and then he does the gesture of open hand, palm, it was a palm strike, was, what are you talking about? Sure. And it does it again. Uh, but this is way too intense for that. This is about fucking each other's faces up. This is about getting revenge for your face being fucked up and exploiting the other man's face being fucked up. And that's good shit. It's real How good How do they shit. exploit
1: the other man's face?
2: Well, flares work in the face.
1: Okay, I thought it's you were talking about, I, for some reason when you said that, I thought you were talking about, like, the extended uh rock and roll feud and i thought you were like specifically talking about them like maybe making fun of robert gibson's fucked up eye
2: well i can't see here's the thing someone else has a fucked up eye i can't shit on robert gibson for that i will only shit on him for the famous jimmy valiant story what's the famous jimmy valiant story do you okay so the famous i know what it is you have to tell it though you can't just allude to it Well, I was going to wait for you to uh, to uh laugh or something. And then, you know, Jimmy Valiant, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Express. they just sort of walk into a hotel room and they find Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant himself getting a glass-bottom boat ride yeah. from a sex worker. And if you don't know what glass-bottom boat ride is, it's when... Just look it up. Some, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like explaining just, it. Yeah, just it's look a it up. Short of time. And... <laughs> ricky morton being the pure boy he is uh turned he's like oh god get the fuck out of the way robert gibson and i always remember it this way no sold it he stayed to watch
1: he stayed to watch okay i wasn't sure yeah i i knew that there was some element of that uh of him just kind of just being whatever about it i remember them telling the story on like one of the shoot interviews um if you ever get a chance to watch um I don't know if it's, like, on the high spots thing or if it's, like, one of the Fave commentaries ones, but there's, from, like, 2012 or so, there's a really good, like, three-hour long uh, shoot interview with, uh, with uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, and it's mostly just Ricky talking while Robert's just sitting there, like, kind of going, uh-huh, uh-huh that's right
2: no he's got it right
1: he's that's no I was there that's what happened yep uh-huh uh-huh
2: you know you build a dynamic for 30 years you stick to it
1: yeah yeah he'd come in for the hot tag if necessary and unfortunately Ricky never needed him for that one um but yeah um, so especially- we get oh yeah it's this, this fucking kick ass uh Ricky unmasks uh gets unmasked eventually uh, yeah,
2: Flair takes the mask and fucking mocks him. He puts it on himself. He's like, uh yeah, bitch.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then he throws it over and, the top of the cage, which is hilarious. And
2: we get some fucking, we get a lot of shit talking in this. It's so good. Uh, and one of the, but we also get not shit talking. We just get fucking anguish. One of my, and I think one of my, I suggested it for our opening. If if it, uh, I didn't
1: even hear it. You told me where it was in the match. I didn't even hear it.
2: God damn fuck! But it's it's like, like Flair. He is working the face over. He's he's punching it. He's raking it into the cage. And like, I mean, we get it irregularly though. Ricky Morton is just saying, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" Because his, his fucking face hurts so goddamn well, bad. <laughs>
1: well, oh. no, I think it's all sort of fear more than anything because Rick Flair. Um, is incredibly vicious and aggressive in this oh, match. Oh yeah, this
2: is one of the most psychotic, like, don't give a fuck, Flair performances. There's a like, there's some bullshitting, there's some chicken shitting in this by Flair, but it's. At a minimum. It's, yeah, it's, it's in
1: the strict big babyface combat segments, which is where you would want it. He wrestles this match like a, like a killer though. Um, Yeah, when
2: he's on top, he's on fucking top.
1: Yeah, and people are yelling rock and roll and he's like mocking them. He's going, rock and roll, huh? Rock and roll. Uh, you want to be world champ, huh? And he just fucking rakes his face in the cage. And it makes sense that the most famous, like the most famously great babyface seller of all time, Ricky Morton, would be on the receiving end. To what's got to be the meanest flare beatdown we've ever seen? God damn, it's it's vicious. It's real fucking vicious. Um, and then Morton yeah. gets like a near fall off a small package out of nowhere. Um, and then when Flair gets back up, he looks and just murderous. It's yeah, he's got a scary fucking look in his eyes.
2: Yeah, like f- fucking dare you? How fucking dare you? Yeah. Um, it's great. It's and you know neither of these guys are. Gentlemen, you associate with big move offense. So all of our near falls are, you know, we get like a nice uh, crossbody, running cross body, And it's all like, oh, sh- like a lot of, but it, but, but that, and that's fine because the, the majority of this match is just a, it's a title match, but it's a hateful fucking brawl. It's yeah. two men locked in a cage you just fucking hate each other. And that's, that's fucking great. Yeah. You don't really, and I mean, Ricky Morton is like, the, the you know the blowjobbiest baby face of all time maybe right yeah oh yeah def- well mm, i think i think he's up there for sure i
1: think he's not pretty enough to be the blowjobbiest i think maybe like we didn't watch final conflict but i think 83 fucking steamboat might be up there um but yeah i mean this yeah. this is a guy who is like who has he has the sympathy almost entirely because he's got a fucking blonde mullet, and the girls want mm-hmm. the girls want to fuck him. Oh
2: um, uh, yeah, but he in this match he is, I mean you know for I mean it's he is not holding he is not like 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 shirking his end of the fuck you fuck you you motherfucker I'll fuck your ass up on this. In fact, he says. Uh in fact there's like at a, like near the end of the match he says even and it's actually censored which is so anno which is so funny what does he all say? the time he says I'll show you motherfucker I told you motherfucker to flare and they censor the motherfucker which is so funny like he's said shit like at least 20 times in this match so far it's like you're going to censor that it's, a, it's just like it's so, it's like
1: kids are watching kids are yeah. watching yeah <laughs> kids are watching uh f- matchings on some bullshit uh, obviously, because that's how Flair title matches in the '80s would always end. Uh, but yeah, kids are watching. They're watching. They're seeing Ric Flair's fucking weird tan line right above his butt crack. It's classic. Yeah, it's kid stuff. I don't
2: it's so fun. I mean, this uh, on the, I just I mean, this match fucking kicks ass. This is one of the best. This was one <laughs> of my favorite Flair defenses of all time. Mm, I don't know. I how easy. long is
1: that list? You hate Ric Flair, right?
2: I don't hate Ric Flair. I just think that he's very overrated. My, I mean, my, my he's favorite He's just is famous. Co-
1: like just because most like people know him. Like he's not necessarily overrated. He's just known. He's just well known yeah. because he had so much exposure. But like and, what what, and, what, what and matches and was, do you think was, are overrated? Like what 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 performances are people like, "Oh, that's an all-time performance." And you're like, "No, it's not." Like well, this,
2: the fucking Cash uh, Clash of Champions thing. Nobody was. actually likes that match. That match has
1: has been erased from any sort of, like, canon great matches, because people realize now it's 45 fucking minutes long, (laughs) and has weird, like, sequences that are repeated almost entirely throughout. Nobody likes that match anymore. I don't... I don't... I can't think of a single person who would say that match is even good, much less great.
2: I think I'm more him for the fact that... Okay... Well, let's get into this. Flair, yeah, let's get
1: into the psychology of why you hate Ric Flair so much.
2: Without Flair, we don't have Meltzer. And well, Flair also without if, Flair, we don't have
1: Shawn Michaels or Triple H. So there's plenty of reasons to hate him. Yeah, but on that I mean,
2: I, I mean, uh, the whole thing of it is like everything that it constitutes good wrestling comes from the fact that this one fucking nerd from San Jose, California, liked Ric Flair.
1: Yeah, but if it wasn't Flair. Maybe it would have been somebody else, you know?
2: Well, if it had been Terry fucking funk, that would have been great. That
1: yeah, would but he wouldn't better. have existed. Because the, the 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 version of Meltzer who falls in love with Terry Funk instead of a Ric Flair is a guy who like, you know, develops a Coke addiction and doesn't fucking ever get a chance to write a newsletter. Like that's the thing. That's the that's how this had to happen is the the nerd had to be into somebody else who's also really just a nerd in a suit. Um, yes, um, famously,
2: the uh, L- Flair wanted to uh, literally be known as uh, Ricky Rhodes because he loved Dusty so much. And it's like, you fucking nerd, you fucking you <laughs> fucking fake ass little bitch. Um, but wow. no, see, that's
1: that's not nice. I don't care for that. I'm per- no, have you seen his ass? All right, uh,
2: forget I said that because no, the ass isn't really it, a selling point. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not the Flair's. I mean, Flair's fucking. I like. <laughs> I like, the things I like about Flair are just the things that people don't, and maybe I'm just a Kacharian motherfucker, god, I don't know, I don't wanna be. But, I don't know, I like old man Flair, I like 90s Flair, the fucking, my favorite Steamboat match is Spring Stampede 94. My favorite fucking Flair match of all is the fucking Vader match, it's, I like, my sure. favorite fucking Flair defense before the, like, and if not this, is the goddamn Coco Beware match. I'm not sure. What he talks about. So maybe I just am a contrarian motherfucker. But at the same people time, people talk I think about that, that
1: match, though. People do. That's the thing is a lot of people will say that that Flair, you know, Flair is a guy who toured and he he worked a ton of different people. Um, he got the best out of plenty of people. Maybe it's just because yeah. the structure allowed Coco Beware or Lex Luger or, who, or Barry Wyndham to to have thirty minutes and just show what they could do. But I don't know. I don't think you have. I don't think. I, look, Terry Funk is my favorite wrestler of all time. I think he's the greatest wrestler to ever fucking walk the earth. He couldn't have that match with fucking Coco, you know. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a certain type of like cockiness, and he's it's, it's a it, you. Flair, Flair is one of the greatest, and I I don't know. I understand that it sucks that he is held up as the greatest by you know every fucking uh, person who started watching wrestling in twenty fifteen or whatever, but like that's okay they could yeah. think they could say i, I mean, mean as long as they're not saying it about sean michaels
2: right? yeah i mean you <laughs> fucking know me and my thing of like my percentile greatness like if you're in the one like i mean he's like in the top one percent of the greatest wrestlers of all time that makes it fucking great objectively right yeah of course it does there how many wrestlers have there been ever like a million
1: yeah I've never thought of it I've never thought about how many people have actually worked a match (laughs) let's get Striga on the line and ask him (laughs) it's
2: just just fucking I don't know the things about Flair that people like go out of the way to point out and be like I don't know it's like those are the things I least like about the motherfucker those are the things I like Flair who's this old ass scummy baby face that Vader match like grabbing a chair to beat on his fucking knee like I like desperate flare. I like wounded flare. I like babe I like sincere babyface flare. I like that's Flair. a lot of different flares. And that's you love thing. him. It's not, it's not about you. Yeah, love, you're right. You love. Rick I Flair. just. I like you know. I like Ric Flair. I don't like the you conception love, of Ric you Flair. Love
1: Ri- say it, say it, please. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. This has been wrestling is gross.
2: Siobhan. I love Ric Flair. Say it, say it one more time. I love Ric Flair. I love him too. I love Terry Funk <laughs> more.